Welcome to the God Story Radio Broadcast with Chaplain Lynn. Thank you, Brother Ron. This is Chaplain Lynn. God's Story is a ministry outreach about our great, caring God being seen in and throughout His people's lives. Many say, does God care about me? Does He see what I'm going through? Does He know me personally? God's story tells of His great love for people like you and me. The greatest demonstration of His love is His precious Son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross of Calvary for our sins. The veil between God and mankind has been torn open. Be encouraged as you listen to today's testimony or sermon from a changed life now filled with a passionate love for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Good afternoon. We are so blessed once again to have Erin Campbell with us continuing on with part two of her testimony. Thank you, Erin, for being with us on God's Story. Erin, if you could sum up your salvation experience with a scripture, what scripture would you choose? Well, Lynn, thank you for having me back on the show. And last week, I think what we talked about was um, like going my life, going from an atheist to a believer. Exactly. And a Mormon. Maybe well, a little I, bit of a Mormon. I, I, okay. So I was baptized in the Mormon church, literally at eight. Not yes. by my choice, but be, by what was expected. Exactly. Right? So that is the age at which one is baptized in the church. And so there was a whole lot of... Uh, Things that I did not ascribe to, and I did not, certainly did not take root in me, right? But as an atheist alcoholic and, and being uh, brought into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, again, I was an atheist, and I was one who uh, was a diehard atheist, if you will, meaning that I would go into a party or anywhere, and I would find a believer. And as far as, like, sport, I would enter into a conversation with, anyone that believed and argue against the existence of God. And they would debate back with me. And I thought it was great, but they did not, of course. And so it's, it's very confrontive. It's very uh, confrontational and it's very, um, but, uh, but it was a sport. I did not know what I was doing. Honestly, I did not know what I was doing is I was fighting against the very one who was beckoning me into his love. And probably at the same time, many <clears throat> Christians were praying for you. Oh, probably, or maybe not. Maybe they're just glad to be away from me. I don't know. Uh, it could be. But but when I truly met uh, that street-corner evangelist I, that did not enter into the debate, in fact, there is no need for debate. If an atheist calls in you into a debate, we oftentimes want to prove to them through clever words or through what the Scripture says to bring them into faith. But that's not it. What it is, is the Spirit of the Lord that brings someone into a saving knowledge of Christ. And it was on the street corner of Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street. You ran into an evangelist, as she shared in our last program, and it was the love of God that compelled you. Right. He didn't debate. He saw exactly the, but he saw the potential of me and he, he shared the gospel message. Well, it would be not until six months later that I would run out of a Billy Graham crusade, um, literally, and God apprehended me in the parking lot running away from him. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is you cannot outsend God's grace. You cannot outrun his love. 
he has called us into his 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 purposeful living life in Christ. And when I made the decision for Christ as he brought me into his love, it was irresistible. And from that point on, as I, I shared from the last program, is that God began to direct my heart, my thoughts, my life, the way in which I would conduct my sales meetings, everything. And I never been around Christians, so I did not know anything. I just knew what Billy Graham said. It's the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. So the scripture, when I finally got my first Bible, and that would be after my deliverance, which I will share in just a moment. But when I got the Bible, I went to a bookstore. And I said, where do I begin? What just happened to me? And this was five years after my salvation. If that were not enough. But when my dependency on alcohol was delivered and the, the, the fullness of God was made manifest in me. The, my capacity changed. My perspective changed. Everything changed. And nobody could explain it to me. So I went to a bookstore and I said, where do I go to find what happened to me? And he said, I think you should begin in the beginning. And he said, let me give you a Bible. Let me show you where those are. And I bought a Bible and I opened it up because nobody could explain to me. But I came upon Galatians 2.20 and I said, that is it. It's when the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That was the exact thing that said, okay, that makes sense. Because I am not the same person. I do not have the same thoughts that I had. I, be, I was beginning to love the things I used to hate and hate the things I used to love. My desire for alcohol is gone, and I have not gone since probably 12 years old because I became an alcoholic very, very young without a party mentality. And so I did not understand it, but the, the thing that changed my life, that changed my life, was not only that I had been crucified with Christ, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, but 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And this is exactly what the street corner evangelist said and what Billy Graham said in the, the purity of the gospel message is that the moment that you come into his embrace, he no longer holds your past and the things against you. You are now, you have received a righteousness of Christ, not your own but Christ's righteousness. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that allowed me to walk forward without the shame of the past decisions. I'll tell you, there's a lot of shameful things that happened in my life. I was molested at the age of seven by someone we were supposed to trust. And that went on for a long time. I had uh, three abortions. And that was because I had moved into a promiscuous lifestyle because I had an adult experience as a child in my childhood. It was gone. And so I moved in. Some people move into promiscuity. Other people move into other things. But, but I would have sexual contacts with many different people and I'd found myself pregnant. And when you're an atheist, you have no understanding or no capacity of understanding the value of life. In fact, if you're living with rejection as your primary operating system, you reject the very thing that wants to love, that needs love. And that is the love of the father and the love of the child growing in you. 
And so these things would create an angst or darkness in me that would cause me to drink even more. And every time that I would drink more, I would move into more decisions that would go counter to the life that I'm living today, right? Yeah. And so when, when the people who are living in the world don't know, they don't know that they don't know. And that's exactly what Jesus said when he hung on the cross and he said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. So Jesus was speaking from a perspective of God, knowing that we do not know because we just do not know. We've been blinded by the enemy. And when Christ gives us the capacity to be able to experience him and come to the Father and enter into his abode, if you will, into the throne room of God through faith in Jesus Christ, God does that internal work within us through that indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he brings forth the very thing that is not of God to the surface so that we can be delivered. And I believe, Lynn, is about two things. It's about perspective and capacity. Amen. This life in Christ is about perspective and capacity. That the capacity of Christ grows within us as we draw closer into him. What is that capacity? It's the Holy Spirit's work of increasing him in us, increasing our awareness of God in us. But the perspective changes as well. You see, if we're no longer, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But the evidence of that is found in the verse right before that. And most of us have this one memorized. But do we have the verse before that memorized? Because I believe that is the evidence that we're a new creation. And that's First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians five sixteen says, "So for now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view." So we look at things differently, totally, totally. differently. It's a new perspective, like you said. We no, we no, we no longer see God through the eyes of man. We no. see man through the eyes of God. Oh, that's beautiful, right? Yes. So as Christ is hanging on the cross, saying, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." We know that they don't know because if they knew, they would know. But they don't. No, they're blinded. They're blinded. But when we have those blinders taken off, we see. We have that grace that is able to say they don't know, so we cannot judge no. them by that the way we once did. Exactly. That's the evidence that we're a new creation. But this is not something that you can teach. It is something that is given to us by God. You see, I became a believer instantaneously, as we all are. Instantly, we're justified. Instantly, we're brought into that place where we're, we're a new creation. However, from that point forward begins the process of sanctification. And that whole work of God, that what is he doing? He's coming in and he's, he's bringing forth his very best. He, he's given us his all, right? We have all of God in us. All of God lives. Mm. But what? I don't need more of God. What I need to do is give him more of me. Exactly. And so he allows that through what we were talking about earlier in between um, sessions when we were talking is about that conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know what happened, Lynn, is I wasn't being discipled by anybody because I'm on the road. I work on the road. I'm in, in a different city every eight weeks at a time. And I go home for a week and I go on the road for eight weeks as a sales trainer. This is 22 years ago. All right. So I didn't have anyone to teach me or to disciple me. But my hangovers got worse. My drinking became darker. The things that I used to do became more and more disgusting to me. 
And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. It says, okay, I already have the, the condemnation of the devil on me, but now I have the conviction of the Holy Spirit in me that says you don't need this. We appreciate your tuning in. You're listening to God's Story on WGNC with Chaplain Lynn speaking with Aaron Campbell. If you want more information, you can email me at chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The inner working of the Holy Spirit inside of you, Aaron. Right. was going to be the demarcation of my life. It was going to change everything. Everything. I never went to AA because you had to believe in a higher power. And as an atheist, don't you don't believe in a higher power. So as a believer, I believe in Christ, but I had no thinking that I was supposed to quit drinking. You know, you don't have any of these things that are, if you don't have someone to, to train you up in the things of God, then you don't have really anything to go with, but the Holy Spirit is training you up. And I knew that he was doing something. I met my husband one month after I met Jesus Christ. Oh. And I'm 30 years old, never heard I love you from any man. And my husband was the first person that was a believer, first man, uh, that I felt myself well enough to even accept love from a man. And we, he proposed to me on our third date, <laughs> which was great. And we got married. And, um, but I still had my party and tendencies, and he was not an alcoholic. He didn't know any different. He'd never been around anyone who was. And so our lives began to crumble and fall apart. Now, we're both believers, right? And yet, I don't know any different. It was on April 2nd, 1998. My husband and I had gone out. I'm the type of person that once you have one drink, you, you're out for the rest of the night. My husband can have one drink and not, not be that way at all. This one night, at 2 o'clock in the morning, we came home. We, this first time we never got in a fight. There was nothing for me to dig my heels in. And I look at myself in the mirror and I see someone that I don't recognize looking back at me. This is a divine work of God. And he had been working on me for a little while before that. And I remember I dropped to my knees because I didn't recognize the person I saw. And I dropped to my knees and I said, if you are really there, God, which of course I knew, but this was not even my prayer. It was the prayer of the Holy Spirit that was speaking through me. If you're really there, God, and I, I didn't, I had no idea what was I was going to say next. But I said, if you can get rid of this, if you will take this away from me, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Now, that's not someone that would something I would ever say. And what happened at that moment is I was delivered in that moment of alcoholism. Praise the Lord. That was in 1998, and I haven't had an alcoholic beverage since then. I was not delivered from temptation, but the Lord showed me through the Word of God how to be free. And that began a series of, of life changes that empowered me to live in a way that I know that I cannot depend on my flesh. It's 100% God, and He does miracles today. I've experienced them. We experience them all the time when we take those thought captives and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. He changes our lives one moment, one breath, one thought at a time. There is no other explanation but Christ. And I will say that we moved my mother and father in with us. Father was an atheist. My mother was a Mormon. And both of them came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because there's, you cannot 
you cannot see someone's behavior change. Oh, totally. And there's no other explanation but God. Yes. Without knowing that God lives in both of them at the Lord. Amen. Wow. We're living letters of epistles written on our hearts and others see them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Aaron, much of the body of Christ lives in bondage and are not aware of it. Can you explain what bondage is and how can the body of Christ obtain deliverance? Okay, well, sure. Um, Bondage is anything that has taken root, a belief system in us, or a habit, or a uh, addiction, or anything that bids opposition to the work of God. And all of us are born again with bondage. We are born into bondage. We're born into sin. We all know that. In fact, First John five nineteen says that we know that we are children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We are children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know it goes on to say in verse twenty that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know Him who is true. And the only way that we can know Christ is when he reveals himself to us. Well, he reveals himself to us and removes the blindness that the enemy has put on us. Now, a lot of us may not know the scripture that actually says in 2 Corinthians 4.4 that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers So they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. In other words, the enemy is not only in control of the world, but the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Now, when we come into a saving knowledge of Christ, when we become, when we begin a new life as a new creation with the Holy Spirit, God has given us the capacity and the perspective of seeing things that we could not see. The Apostle Paul talks about the devil a lot. In fact, he talks about that in the very famous Armor of God scripture. You know this one? Where he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And what he's saying is that you don't know that there is a devil until you know God. And then once you know him, you can see that with the things that are warring within us, that are bidding opposition to God and not allowing us to walk in the ways that we'd like to walk in, that is what we call spiritual warfare. Now, there is a means by which we can win the war against the enemy of our own soul. And that is what we call freedom. Amen. That is freedom. And so the scriptures, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, he says, the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. There is freedom. freedom. So if we have bondage, we know we have bondage. Yes. Because there's areas in our life that we wish we didn't do. There's areas in our life that we wish we were different. And there's areas in our life where we've been hurt. We've been hurt and it can create a bondage. Yes. Right? So what do we need is freedom. And what does it say? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord lives where? 
within us. Within us. But have we given ourselves to the Spirit of the Lord? Not always. So there are areas in our life that we choose not to give to Him. One of the key areas is unforgiveness. Oh, it's huge. Well, you know what the scriptures say, what Paul says in the same exact book, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, if you forgive anyone, he says that the Lord says, I will forgive you. Right? Yes. But he says, we must forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not aware of, for that we are aware of his schemes. Why? Because you have the perspective of Christ. Yes. So now I know that I have these things. I have a warfare in me. I have an addiction I can't overcome. Or I have an affliction that I cannot find freedom from. Or I have unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment. I have envy. I have rejection. I have uh, um, whatever it might be. Could be hate. Could be hate. Very much so. Very much so today. Yes. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of that. The next question you asked What is bondage and how do we get free from it? Paul gives us a prescription. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Who are we fighting against? It's not against each other. It's against the enemy of the soul that is bidding opposition from what God wants for me to do. Exactly. And so he goes on to explain this. He says, we do not fight like the world does. What does the world do? They bicker and argue back and forth. They enter into hate. Well, I hate you and I hate you. And then we have unforgiveness. No. As a believer, we have been given weapons, it says in verse 4, that we fight with, that we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That bids opposition to God. But where are these thoughts coming from? They're coming from a place from which the scriptures say is a stronghold or a bondage. It's as though we have like a tumor in our soul that is consuming us and eating our very faith. What do we need to do? The word of God says that we need to demolish everything that bids opposition or exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. How do we do this? First, we must confess. It says in James, it says, if you submit to God, you can resist the devil and he will flee. How do you submit to God? Confess. So if we confess to him, we're submitting to God. We can take every argument captive, every thought in our minds captive and make it obedient to Christ. These are things that become normal Christian Living. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that we're being transformed into his likeness from glory to glory mm-hmm. to glory. But some of us feel like we're in between glories. If you're in between glories and you can't get beyond it, we come to God and we say, God, I cannot get beyond this hatred that I have for this individual. Lead me into a divine work where your forgiveness can be manifested in me so that I can forgive him or her. The Lord will answer that prayer. Another way to say it is God expand my capacity to receive more of your love. Oh, amen. How do we expand his capacity to receive more of his love? We can't do it. It's a divine work of God. And what does he do? He removes everything that's taken up space. Yes. 
If he brings to mind something in my thought that is circling and cycling through, then I can say, Lord, I cannot get beyond this thought. I can take this thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. God, expand my capacity to receive more of your love. What is it that's that's moving me into a way that bids opposition to you? Exactly. Like, Lord, let me see the way you see. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And he will answer that prayer every single time. I'll tell you what, that's one prayer he will answer. Yes. He will answer it every single time. Because he likes us to see his vision and through his eyes. Then we have understanding. Then we have compassion. And we can walk in other people's shoes and see where they have come from. Praise the Lord. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. This is something that's called, this is normal Christian living, but this yes. is the conviction of the Holy Spirit is meant to bring us closer to the intimacy with Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yes. And that's a glorious place. And that is the true place of freedom. Indeed. And it's all through the scriptures. In fact, I would challenge anyone to put their eye anywhere in the word of God. And he will speak to us through his word. He will bring us into his truth and the truth will set us free. But we also need to have that teachable spirit that says, I do not want to live this way anymore. I want my life to make sense and to my faith to have purpose. And I want to be free. Yes. Free of the things that hold me back. And that is a purpose-driven life right there. And the Holy Spirit, it's like Holy Spirit puts a microscope in our lives that we don't see unless Holy Spirit reveals it to us. We call that deception. Oh. You know what? We don't know we're deceived when we're deceived because we're deceived. Yes. But the Lord will remove that, reveal the areas of our lives. He does it. He illuminates it. Why? Because he loves us that much. Amen and amen. Aaron, I so appreciate your coming to God's story today and showing us and explaining us to us through scripture how we can become free in Jesus Christ and walk in glorious deliverance and how the Lord can raise us up to bring others into that glorious freedom also. Praise your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in today to God's story. We pray that you have been blessed. Make sure that you tune in next Wednesday at the same time, 1.30 p.m., for another edition of God's Story. If you'd like to reach God's Story, you can email chaplainlynradio at gmail.com. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. Part of that all things is you and me. To reconcile is to restore to union and friendship after estrangement. God's deepest desire is to be close to you and to share his heart with you. He desires a deep, intimate relationship with you, wanting to walk and talk with you day by day. He does walk with us and talks with us through his written word, the Bible. The Bible tells God's story through the ages. God has a story that he would like to impart into your life. He loves to make himself known to his children. May your heart be open and may your eyes see God's gracious, loving hand move in your life today. Isn't it wonderful while living here? on this earth, that the creator of the universe who made you and me wants to be part of our lives? Jesus brought restoration of what has been stolen from us, true peace while living on this earth. John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. 
not as the world gives do I give to you. The lovely hymn written by Warren Cornell. Wonderful peace has these words. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. Thank you for tuning in today to God's Story. We pray that you have been blessed. Make sure that you tune in again next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Friday at 12.30 p.m. for another edition of God's Story. If you would like to hear more God's Story broadcasts, tune into YouTube or anywhere you download your favorite podcasts. One can also listen live at WGNZ.com. To reach God's Story, please email chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. Part of that all things is you and me. To reconcile is to restore to union and friendship after estrangement. God's deepest desire is to be close to you and share his heart with you. He desires a deep, intimate relationship with you and wants to walk and talk with you day by day. He does walk with us and talks with us through his written word, the Bible. The Bible tells God's story through the ages. God has a story that he would like to impart into your life. He loves to make himself known to his children. May your heart be open and may your eyes see God's gracious loving hand moving in your life today. Isn't it wonderful while living life here on this earth that the creator of the universe who made you and me wants to be part of our lives? Jesus brought restoration of what has been stolen from us, true peace while living on this earth. John 14:27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The lovely hymn written by Warren Cornell, Wonderful Peace, has these words. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. This is Chaplain Lynn saying, May the wonderful peace of Jesus Christ fill you to overflowing today. May you experience the depths of his sweet love and how much God loves you.